Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 31. Here's Pastor Ryan. They're living for themselves. They're living for other people, for relationships, things, and they're not living for God. All their stock is in people. All their stock is in things. All their stock is in their career. All their stock is in their uh, reputation. All of our stock needs to be in God. In God, because he will never leave us nor forsake us. If you follow somebody, think about it. The the family that I, I love my wife, I love my children. I love all of you guys, you know, but God says, I, you must love me first because this life is short. And some of our family members, God forbid, can be here one day and gone the next. Then what will we do if all of our stock was in them? We would be so crippled and so crushed that it would destroy us and we can do nothing. But 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 veg out in depression day after day after day after day. And that's not how Christ wants us to live. Some people want to please family so much that if their family says, you go to church too much, then they'll get all scared and and stop going to church as much. Why? Because they don't want to offend family or friends. And that's why Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before the Father and the angels in heaven. Christ must come first. And if if we love Jesus first and we get rid of any idols, anything, some people love their hobbies. I love basketball, tennis, surfing. Those are my kind of things, you know, and it's like, I'm not going to stop doing those, but I can't make a God out of them either. You know, it's, it's everything, you know, with God's balance, as he says, you know, in half, he's like, he's a God of fun, you know, he wants us to have fun as well. But we can't live for those things. I don't live for those things. I live for Jesus Christ. I love my wife more than anybody on earth. I love my wife more than anyone on earth, you know. And uh, But I love Jesus a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly led by him and convicted by him to love her. Does that make sense? No. What if someone says, no, that doesn't make sense. Then what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Idols. He broke, they broke the sacred pillars in pieces, cut down the wooden images, and threw down the high places and the altars. Verse 2. And Hezekiah appointed the divisions of priests and Levites according to their divisions, each man according to his service. The priests and the Levites for burnt offerings and peace offerings to serve, to give thanks, and to and, and to praise in the gates of the camp of the Lord. I love that. He, Hezekiah appointed Levites and the priests according to their divisions for their service for the Lord. He just was organizing things and he appointed to organize, to help, uh, the service of the, of the temple. In the same way, as King Hezekiah appointed, we know that Jesus Christ, when he ascended into heaven, he graciously, by his grace, poured out his grace and gave gifts to men. He who, he who uh, first descended, then ascended, and then he gave gifts to men. And it's grace. He blessed us all with gifts to be able to 
in our place serve the Lord, just like King Hezekiah. He's done that for all of us, all of us. And he's given us these gifts so that we serve them, not so that we, you know, are bench warmers, but that we, we put skin in the game and get involved. We were talking on Sunday about the resurrection and the importance of the resurrection. And those who deny the resurrection are, are wrong. And, and as, as believers, if the resurrection didn't happen, then our faith is futile, right? We are still dead in our sins. And so the exhortation on Sunday was if we truly believe in the resurrection, that means you truly believe that when you die, you get a new, better body meant for heaven and that you're going to appear before Christ at the Bema seat. And he's not going to judge you for your sins, but he's going to judge you according to the, your works, like judge your works. You believe in the resurrection. If you do, then you'd be serving him. Because we, I believe I'm going to see him and I'm going to see him. And what am I going to say? Uh, for your glory, I kept the bench warm. I mean, unless we can't, unless we're physically unable to, like, get out of bed. There's something we can find to do in the house of the Lord. Something. And I say the house of the Lord because you're in the house of the Lord. And, I, and he's called me to be the pastor of this house of the Lord. If I was in some other country, then those in that country would be, call, would be called to help there. Because people say, oh, I serve the Lord, but I do it over there, and I do it over here, and I do it over there, and I do it wherever I want. I don't need, I don't need to serve in the church. You know, Hezekiah was appointing people for the, ta- for the service of the temple because they got a refurbished temple. You walked into a church that just was blessed with, with the church. We too, like our story, have a t- coinkadink? I think not. Uh, we need help in children's ministry. You guys don't like kids? Who doesn't like kids? Oh, I don't like kids. Well, you play with your grandkids, huh? But not, not, those are my kids. Well, these are the Lord's kids here. Come on. These are the Lord's kids. We need help in children's ministry. Oh, that's not my gift. It's not mine either. But I'd be in there if I wasn't here. I really would. And the guys who know me, who've been with me from the old days, I'll do whatever is needed here. I'll, I'll do whatever, right? I'll sweep, I'll clean, whatever. Um, so he's given us gifts, all right? Just like here, he's appointing people. Our Lord appointed us. Must I read Ephesians 4? But each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And he goes on to say in that chapter through Paul and he, God, Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, that's all as in all of us, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, unity, we're to endeavor to keep it. Unity is one of the hardest things to have, straight up, right? Any of you married? Yeah, just just roll out of bed and... Everything's peachy peach or what? It, it you know, you, you gotta, <clears throat> right? You gotta work. You know, friendships, he who has friends must himself be friendly. It doesn't say he who has friends, they're just gonna be your friends. You have to be friendly, unfortunately, no. 
You have to work at it. That's why Paul says, endeavoring to keep the unity, it's hard. Man, I've had meetings that were just grinders trying to make unity happen. But when everyone serves the Lord like we're supposed to, when everyone pitches in, there's a bond. There's an us. There's a unity that's not easily broken. When does it become splintered? When people pull back and there's no more us. It's they and us. It's the church and us. You know, it's like... Anyways... Unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. And so it is so like beneficial to serve the Lord because it causes all of us to grow in more than one way and so he 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 appointed these guys listen to this to serve give thanks and to praise in the gates of the camp of the lord to serve and to give thanks and to give praise it's very cheerful sounding right you expect the servants to to look it right there's that saying by that I heard, I don't know if it's true about Abraham Lincoln, that uh, I think it was the second, uh, um, his second, yeah, or a second, you know, round of serving as president, that they were picking his cabinet, and there was one guy that he, he, he said no to, abrupt, like quickly. And they asked him, Mr. President, you know, why don't you want him on your cabinet? And he goes, I don't like his face. And everyone was, you know, this Uncle Abraham here, you know what I mean? Hey, you're, you're Mr. Honest here, you know? That was a little cold. But he said something profound. He said, every man after the age of 40 is responsible for their face. We should be the most joyful people. We've already been through the ringer just putting grumpy guys with talent. We don't do that. We want happy people holding hands. Amen? Amen? Amen. So work on the cheerfulness. <laughs> you don't, you got to work on that one too. You don't just wake up out of bed like Joel Osteen. Shoot. You guys are bad. <laughs> All right. Verse 3, the king also appointed a portion of his possessions for the burnt offerings. For the morning and evening burnt offerings, the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths and the new moons and the set feasts as it is written in the law of the Lord. What's cool about King Hezekiah is we know this about him. He really loved God. Really. This guy is, God, if the Bible says he's legit, he's legit. Being wealthy isn't a sin. Here's a wealthy king who sees what's going on, sees that the temple needs a lot more animals, gets his own possessions, 
and replenishes the temple because he loves God. He's a leader that we can follow. Jesus is that leader. He said, look, who's greater? He who serves or he who sits at the table? And the, the disciple said, he who sits at the table. And he goes, yeah, but I'm amongst you as one who serves. As Christians, we need to lead as servants in our homes and in our churches. We can't be those who just say, look, you know, this is the right thing to do. Can you do that? But I don't do that. Leaders have to exemplify, show what, who Christ is by the way they act, right? And so here's a leader saying, I'm putting my money where my mouth is and, and I am putting in for this. And, and moms and dads and grandparents, all of us, you know, it's like our kids are watching us. You know, we can preach all we want, but if we don't, if we don't show them by our actions and say, follow me as I follow Christ, as Paul said, then it just falls on deaf ears. It's fake and, and they walk away from, from the Lord. The chances are, if we don't, uh, follow, uh, the example of our Lord. And, and even here, King Hezekiah does an amazing, an amazing, uh, thing. Mm. Verse, uh, four. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. And so he first does his doing, right? He gives, right? Then he commands the people, look, it's time for you to give the tithes in order for the Levites and the priests to be able to be given to the word of God. Now, unless you're, you're born in the church, raised in the church, um, me not, I didn't understand the concept of giving uh, at church. You know, I didn't understand what was really going on because I wasn't a believer. I wasn't raised in the church. I don't know, know what's going on. I don't know what it was about. I know this, I grew up in the punk rock scene and my favorite bad band was Bad Religion and, and they hated everything, uh, churchy establishment and, and, uh, ministers stealing from the flocks and buying jets and, uh, other things and mansions galore. And so I was very skeptic and didn't understand, but apparently, biblically, from way back, from Genesis, if you go back to Genesis with Abraham and giving a tithe of the spoils to uh, Melchizedek, we see him giving a tithe there. But during the Exodus, man, when they when they left, and you have the five first books of the Bible, and and uh, back in Numbers uh, chapter eighteen, God tells Aaron, "Look, the priesthood that's coming through you for you and your sons, man, you and your family, actually." You you cannot have an inheritance like everybody. Everyone else is going to go into the land of milk and honey. They're going to get portions of property and land, not the priests and not the Levites, because the Lord says, I am your inheritance. I'll take care of you. And he lists in Numbers 18, see all kinds of offerings that, that the people would come, whether it's animal, grain offerings, wine offerings, all of these offerings that he specifically specifically says to them, you get the best of all of these offerings. You get this, 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 you get this. It's all about that. And he uh, says to them, 
Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle meeting. And so God's heart behind it is that the work of the laboring in the word and prayer and intervening on the people's behalf to God and God's behalf to the people, it's work. And so he doesn't, he didn't want the priests or the Levites out farming or having other careers that busied them up so that they could not take care of God's uh, people spiritually. And in fact, spiritually, the nation, it, the whole nation, the whole health of the nation wasn't their farming. It was their spiritual condition. And the same for the United States today. The health of our nation is not our army. It's who's praying to the one and true living God, Jesus Christ. You know, and so, look, important job. And so that's why the funds were to come in so that the Levites and the priests can um, take care of the people's spiritual needs. Um, Jesus, when he sent out the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, he said to them, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, barefoot, I guess, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. In other words, Jesus sent them out and goes, go, just go minister, go preach the gospel. Tell them the kingdom of God is at hand and to repent. And watch how I take care of you. The people who, who, who are grateful for your message, they'll take care of your food. They'll, they'll give you a new pair of sandals or whatever. You'll be taken care of. That's what Jesus said. And uh, it's an Old Testament, um, it's an Old Testament characteristic. I, I'm just, at a loss for words. But anyways, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. And so there you see it's, uh, it's nice that if an ox is going to do all of that crushing of grain and pulling of the millstone or whatever, that man, they, can they eat some of the <laughs> grains that they're, they're producing there. And so uh, it only makes sense. All of us here, does any, unless you work somewhere for free and tell your boss, that's nah, cool. A thank you will do. Keep the check. <laughs> no, you work. And God says a worker is worthy of his wages. And so that's where the tithes and offerings come into the church, not to enrich pastors, which I think and that whole prosperity ministry and the thievery of these some of these televangelists are just out of control and out of bounds and unbiblical. I think that pastors should live modest lives, you know? And so, um, but it's up to, uh, in our story, it's up to the people to provide for the Levites and the priests. And it's up to all churches to provide really for their pastors' livelihoods as uh, it is an Old Testament um, Example and Jesus, and it's practiced in the New Testament. In um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you can write that down, 7 and 7 through 11. Paul says, whoever, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man, or does not the law say the same also? 
For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. This is written that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this of his hope. For if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing that if we reap your material things? Now, I have labored in hope, and hard to have hope times in our 15 years of existence almost. Trust me, man. When we started, it was like I didn't get blessed for, for a while. Not for a while. And I remember when we had our first, not the first, no, I think it was a second board meeting where they said, you know what? You're going to get a thousand dollars. No. I just thought TV evangelist right away, right? <laughs> They're like, it's just a thousand bucks, man. What do you think people in the congregation are making? You know what I mean? No one's living on 500 bucks. I mean, you're doing all. And so I had to learn to, to, to God. And they, they went over, you know, you have to receive it. Like Pastor Chuck Smith would say, receive grace graciously. So then we took it. And then just to see God provide over the years. And we don't hit up people for fatia. We just preach, teach through the Bible. And when we get there, we get there. But he's always provided, you know, and uh, for my needs, my wants take a little time. <laughs> you know, but I'm blown away and I thank God for everyone who honors the Lord with their the first fruits of their giving. Because it ain't because you because the John the Baptist said a man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him by God. What job do you have that God didn't give? What money do you have that God didn't give? God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. Your money only proves where your heart is. Let's go home. Real quick. Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail. To bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. In Proverbs 3, verse 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions um, and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So there's a, a blessing there um, for us when we take care of what we got to take care of. It's a privilege to give. Amen? Amen? He doesn't want our money, he wants our hearts. And remember that thing about idols in the beginning of our study? What? Oh, I can't let go of that because you don't understand how poor I am. But then there's the, the widow. The widow? The widow burns everybody. The two mites? Jesus was watching everyone's giving. He's like, she gave the most. And she basically robs the world and history in the church of excuses not to give. I mean, if God gives me 10 bucks and I won't give him one, sums up. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word, your love, your grace and mercy. Help us to take these lessons home with us, Lord, and may they bear fruit. We love you, Jesus. Everything we have, you've given to us. And the greatest possession we have is our souls that our names are written in your book of life. 
But this evening, Lord, we want to make sure that everyone's name is in your book of life that's here tonight. So while all heads are bowed, if you're here tonight and you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, but you would like to tonight, please raise your hand. And let me guide you in a prayer to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart, to be Savior of your life. The devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and that much more abundant. So is there anybody here who, who needs to have their sins forgiven tonight, needs to repent? God loves you. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.